Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. George, we're home in Haddonfield. How did you like 2018's Halloween? I enjoyed it very much. Hey. I'm not surprised. (laughs) Our work is done here. (laughs) Yeah. No. uh, After convincing you last week that the Halloween reboot from 2007 was kind of garbage, we are not here to ruin your impression of 2018, because at least I'm not. I think it's good too. Travis, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing gravy. Yourself? Doing good. How was your visit back to 2018? Uh, This is probably my third time watching it, and I enjoyed it the most this time. Hmm. I think because I was actually looking for stuff to talk about, but I, I, I was more engrossed in the uh, the small things this time as opposed to sitting there just with my mouth open uh the first two times i watched it like me yeah yeah <laughs> i'll tell you what that opening scene gets you because I, I was i was sitting there i was like i remember we talked about i think it was part six and you were saying how they didn't do the credits the traditional opening credits mm-hmm. and when i started i'm like oh shit they didn't do it here either <laughs> <laughs> but they did they just waited yeah, a bit more modern approach with a kind of a cold open and then credits after. But uh, that orange text, the first time you see that burnt orange text on screen, just mm. like puts me in my happy place. Yeah. It's like and a you... calming. I'm just like, hey, we're here. It's nearly October. By the time we release this, it is October. Mm. And oh, so good. And the uh, the E.T. rescued pumpkin on the left was <laughs> another nice touch. Well, I like the you comments it makes on the state of the franchise. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. It was a deflated pumpkin. I like, don't know what you mean by E.T. rescued. Oh. You never saw E.T.? I saw E.T., but I don't... Every time he would stand next to dead flowers, they would, like, regenerate. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. The, the pumpkin came back. Yeah, but no, it's <laughs> seriously, like Dan said, the uh, story of the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, they they breathed uh, a new life into it. Yeah, that's funny. One thing, the way this one opens up, Universal is very heavily featured. Hmm. And it made me think, like, why were they trying to cross over? I mean, I know at the time it was Dimension, but why would we even consider a Hellraiser crossover when we could have a Universal Monsters crossover? Hmm. You know, Michael Myers Myers versus the Invisible Man versus (laughs) the Creature from the Black Lagoon giving a handjob to... The human centipede. Guys, we're back to it. No. Oh. No, that can't be a thing. Oh. <laughs> Frankenstein <laughs> versus Michael no. Myers. They look and mirror each other's motions. They realize we are same. Yeah. No, I don't I can't think of many characters that could be in a crossover with Myers. I'd have to really think about I it. I think really you need a crossover with a hero. Don't try to match him up person to person with a Jason or a Freddy. Give me like a Laurie Strode, John McClane. <laughs> John McClane. I, I say Ash from Evil Dead might be good, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, why not? But I think Myers would have to be way more supernatural to do that. Is he supernatural in this one? Not in this movie. I don't think so. I don't know. Now, George, did you have any impressions as to the supernatural nature of uh, supernate the supernature? Of uh, <laughs> Mike Myers, uh, like in this movie, contained or only just... in this movie. Um, no, 
I mean, you know, from from past history, I I, I know that he can he can take a bullet and keep on going, mm. but it's not. If I'm just forgetting everything else I've seen in just the just the first movie, you know, preceding this, um. Yeah, I don't think that anything supernatural is really established at all. I think it's really interesting that they do not address the bullet wounds. The six or seven times he's shot. Six times, I guess, because Halloween 2 is, is not in the continuity directly. But, right. you know, th- they show the eye wound and the neck wound when he's right. unmasked. So they acknowledge mm-hmm. those, but they don't. They're kind of having it both ways. You know, they give yeah. you pretty much a direct continuity to the end of Halloween 1 from 78, but they never do explain, like, what's the deal with these six shots? How did well, he survive? They, other well, than if they had a shirtless scene, you, you really wouldn't be able to even mention But it. you don't think it would come up at some point, like, oh, yeah, he was apprehended because he was full of holes. Like, it's just interesting. It just, it's a, it's, it's just a big gaping hole in their exposition. I, I kind of, I kind of thought that too for a second, but then I just chalked it up to, just because you're shot seven times doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to die. Right. I mean, how many of those shots actually landed? Right. And and were know, there bullets in the gun? Like, there's a lot of ways you <laughs> could have gone. Was not a good shot. You know. Uh, yes. Yeah, so. if, if it's a knife of ice, spoiler for a knife of ice, those were blanks. You know. You know, I I I like it because I mean the the way this movie movie started, he's back in the asylum basically, and he's been there since the end of the end of number one, right? And you know, and you don't need a whole lot of of explanation because of how the first movie ended. He was, you know, apprehended and sent sent back. You know, like which is not the ending of the movie. So now you're to assume that you're they assuming caught him. that, yeah. Right. You're assuming that, but it makes sense because he was just shot seven times and fell off a balcony. So right. be pretty easy to apprehend him. So a needle to the neck and a hanger to the eyeball. Right. Yeah, he's probably a little wounded. Right. So, but I like how right at the beginning they hit the ground running with this, like, you know, it's exposition and new continuity, but it's not a security guard catching you up. You know it. It yeah. moves along with the plot a little bit. It's a little bit more seamless. My my favorite part about the beginning of this movie is how the uh, the two journalists are trying to um, give Michael some humanity, right? While instigating him. Well, while instigating him, and 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 also their uh, their conversation with Laurie Strode was awkward and didn't seem to fit. So, but. You know, that's a that's like a minor thing. But I like that their mission is to bring kind of my my interpretation was like show his humanity. Like he shouldn't be locked up in a hole for the rest of his life. Right? That was their kind of agenda, right? Mm. And then he promptly beats them both to death. I think we should probably put a pin in that. Because they do kind of address an alternate Okay as to why everything in one happened. It's almost like this movie said, hey, Rob Zombie. F you. 
F you. <laughs> it F does you that zombie. a couple yeah. of times. There's there's yeah. a couple of zombie acknowledgments uh, in this. Now, I do want to talk about the supernature of Mike Myers, because I guess you guys didn't like hone in on it. Explain to me, without supernatural elements, how holding up the mask behind a guy who doesn't have eyes in the back of his head can make him like fire energy into the courtyard and like rile up all the other patients. I took it as the patients were not riling him up. I I feel like they were just no act, acting up. The patients were riled up. They by were sympathetic his to whatever it was he was projecting. What energy he was exuding was making everybody in that courtyard super tense. And he wasn't doing anything okay. physically. Yeah. yeah. It's a cool scene. And it does, yeah. it, it's like, it's he's not shooting lightning out of his butt. You know, it's like, right. it's still kind of grounded. But it's it's playing with this, like, is he pure evil or is he a man? A little bit more than a lot of the movie might hint. You know, the trailer doesn't show you supernatural, Michael. No. But, I mean, that... That part's kind of, it's interesting. What's funny is I was hesitant when they started showing him maskless and how normal he looked. Mm-hmm. Basically, it looks like me. I, you know? I wasn't hesitant at that at all. Well, no, when I saw in the trailer and I saw they were doing that, I was hesitant until I saw it in the movie and then I was fine with it. Uh, I was just nervous as to how how much they were going to show him without the mask on. Yeah, you don't ever want to see his face. But they did it right? well enough, like when he was following the journalist at the gas station. Mm-hmm. It was very Carpenter. There's a lot of Carpenter in this movie. Yeah. But it was very Carpenter-esque, like him driving the station wagon in the background of the scenes. Mm-hmm. And you see him, oh, I see him, he's over there, but it's blurry. Like they did that, per- the opposite of what Zombie did. Yeah. Like everything was subtle. Even in the cemetery, like everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. The scene when he goes into the the stall, the bathroom, and he goes from stall to stall, and all they're doing is they're shooting his feet. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Like I was just like, he's doing acting with his feet. Yeah, <laughs> like I was excited that, about that. I'm looking at him like he's like standing there, but he backs up, but then he's like making sure his shoes are seen, like the. Uh, James Courtney is doing a really good job. At, uh, he's probably my favorite Myers. Friend of the show. Other than Castle, yes. Friend of the show. Actual and friend of the show. he drops the teeth. He's just like, here, <laughs> take these teeth. <laughs> Smile. When he has that yeah. little standoff with her in the stall, I heard mm. Travis in the back of my head going, I can see your feet. <laughs> <laughs> You've ruined it for one. me, but it's so good. <laughs> and then, oh, that like the the subtlety with which David Gordon Green shoots these horrific scenes, right? Like the scene yeah. itself, the murders lack all subtlety. They're like Rob mm-hmm. Zombie plus, but, but the way he frames and shoots and done. moves past them, it's almost mm-hmm. like I would say Jonathan Demi level. Like if we're, I don't, I don't think that these are. Rob Zombie Plus, dude. Okay, the well, guy I mean, he beat that guy's head against the stall, and like his <laughs> mouth has been. Did you did you catch yeah. how mangled that guy's face was as it panned yeah. by? Because yeah, the guy of, he took his course. teeth. 
the yeah, lower jaw yeah. completely like jacked and then yes yes of course Ugh. but i mean i don't know i liked rob zombie's kills a lot like yeah especially his effects and and that they were like really well done yeah like you said like you said when we watched it like you know in in these movies people have like an off switch when they get stabbed and they're like they just die immediately yeah. well rob zombies weren't like that they were like realistic they were so realistic it was like just really you know ugh. but see the to me the reason why i like these kills because they are pretty similar to the zombie movie mm-hmm. zombies a approach on how Myers is is so different than Green's like absolutely that scene when he finally gets the mask and he the kid bumps into him uh-huh Myers and then he turns like to the garage and goes to get the hammer uh-huh that single camera shot and then he goes into the kitchen yep turns hits her bludgeons yep. her grabs a knife like very robotic yep and then when he goes in the other woman's house that he she looks out the window he kills her from Through behind the neck yeah but she the subtlety of him going around the house and seeing his shadow on the wall. Uh-huh. Like I, I was just like, yes. this is so, I was, yeah, I was in Ugh. love with that entire sequence. <laughs> that I, was the opening. Tra- I remember that trailer. They, they released just that scene. And as soon as I watched it at work, I remember watching it at work and I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. This movie is going to be perfect. Yes. And there are problems with it. Well, yeah. I, a little bit here and but there. But the, the, everything Myers is perfect. Everything Haddonfield is perfect. Yep. Like it's everything we said it should have been for zombie. Like you could, t- you could see the class separation in that town as they moved around mm-hmm. and the actual suburbs of it was perfect. It, I mean, I, that's where we trick or treat that. That was exactly yeah. what it looks like. The people were right. Like everything was right. Except for a couple things. So anyways, back to the kills. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to give you guys the impression that I wasn't a fan of the kills here. They were great. Um, I just don't think that they were zombie plus. Well, I would just say, okay, uh, my, the thing I like about this movie is not, Oh, Hey, they took what Rob zombie did and they made it more intense. But I would say the, the final outcome of some of these kills is more gory than what you got at the end of the zombie kills. But they're shot like a Silence of the Lambs or a Seven, where like it's present in the frame, but you're not like yeah. forced to look at yeah. it. No, I that's I the I gratuity thought of, is missing. I, I thought of you, Dan, when I saw the guy with the ju- the jacked up jaw. Oh where yeah. As soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, you just see the aftermath. It's mm-hmm. it's Seven. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Right? And the other mechanic was face down. Yep. You didn't even see what happened to him, but you know his clothes are gone. Well, yeah, <laughs> and you know who's wearing them too. And you know who's wearing them. Oh shit. Yeah, in the beginning um one of my like small issues was it's like it starts almost exactly the same where it's like okay, you know, Michael Myers is getting transferred. What do you think is going to happen? It's like, you know, ha 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 ha. ha. This What's is what we're good doing again. is after we watch the second one. Yeah. Go back and watch this one again. Because th- there's so much going on in this movie that you're missing, which is great. I, I missed it too. But you're going to, it's going to pay off even more if you watch it a second time after you watch Kills. Okay. And I know you think I'm not a fan of Kills. I am a fan of Kills. I thought you were angry. I was angry at a couple couple things that were just, we'll we'll discuss it. But uh, the stuff that they pay off, the the George Lucas-esque stuff that you missed 
I missed until I watched it, and then almost like, let's go back in Tarantino, where you're like, oh shit, that that was there the whole time, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it's actually there. It's not like added on oh, later. It's in your face. Yeah, they do a good job of making the. I I hope that ends. It may not make Travis happy. It may not make me happy. But I hope it maintains this level of like interconnectedness with the other two, so that ten years yeah. from now these three just stand apart as like the best the trilogy the best trilogy we could have done. I've already forgotten every other Halloween movie besides one and three. Nice. <laughs> well, don't Six forget seven. Halloween two because if you noticed, there's a lot of Halloween two in this movie. Yeah, like that entire sequence from the bump into the kid hammer mm-hmm. old lady that's analog to the old lady whose husband is watching night of the living dead in part two only he kills her in this one instead of just stealing right. her knife and then in halloween 2 remember he goes from the old lady's house gets the knife and kills the girl on the phone and in this mm-hmm. one he also kills the girl on the phone but like more brutally and then he walks by a baby defenseless just like the uh maternity ward or nursery or whatever in halloween 2 and again, mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't hurt babies and moves on. Like they do all of the important parts of Halloween too in one scene and then move oh. on. Yeah. And that's after and also the uh H two O bathroom scene. Very the, the little boy who was being babysat. Julian, hero Julian. of the movie. I, I love that kid, man. It's me too. <laughs> it's me too. Oh. <laughs> uh, but think about the way movie. think about the way he described Myers. He was just standing there, staring at me. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. he yeah, that's what that's what he does. That's what Myers that's what would he do. do. <laughs> I heard him you know, breathing. He You're just like, oh yeah, my god, they acknowledge the breathing. Nobody ever does. Yeah, yeah. And he described it as a boogeyman. Like it's, yeah. yep, it's it's perfect. And yep. and in a nice modern comedic way. Like yep. that kid is he he needs to be in a a few movies. I really like movies. in the sh- in the short time that uh, him and his babysitter, I forget her name, Vicky. Uh, yeah, him. The short time that him and Vicky got to interact was very good, and there was chemistry. It was there. better than the entire babysitter interactions in Zombie, which is what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah he 100%. didn't get any reason why this woman would put her life on the line for him, mm-hmm. and you get no f- like. There's no realism. Yep. This movie, I knew that, but you know, you need these people. Every person in this movie is real. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, the kid is, you know, a pain in the butt as kids are and but also like lovable. Mm-hmm. And the babysitter like really cares about the kid, like she's like being responsible, you know. Yeah. But also like when the kid goes to bed, she's going to be irresponsible. Yeah. Just you know, like just like babysitters do. Um but like yeah, it was totally real. It, it was uh fantastic. And the closet paid off because that's such a cliche jump scare. Mm-hmm. And usually it's done opposite. Like they make you think someone's in a closet. They open it and there's nothing there. It's like a doll. Yeah. Or something that's or, holding the or door. Or a open. cat jumps out. Or a cat jumps out. <laughs> but this was like she opened a door and there he was. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. Full full six foot right in front of you. Yeah. So well, and they did a good, a good job. You know, we've talked about Linda over the course of a couple of these movies. And the Annie character. And Vicky is like a really good modern mix of the two where you get like the responsible babysitter Annie elements. You get the Linda like, you know, sexually active with a guy. But like not in a 
bad way. You know, this is like a sex positive mm-hmm. way of just being involved with her boyfriend who right. the lovable stoner Dave, a uh, big fan of him. <laughs> Cause that's a character you could have really <laughs> fucked up. Like that could have been the worst character in the movie and he's totally likable. Uh, but then did you notice they did a little zombie? She made it a point to say she was going to F him. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but it's yep. like presented in a way that's not icky. It's just, it's, yeah. it's better written. It's just better dialogue, but intentionally, I think referencing that line from Annie, that's so poorly delivered in the zombie one. Yeah. Yeah. They're fixing everything here, man. And the boyfriend normally is a big douche nozzle, but this one's not. So you kind of feel bad when he's pinned to the wall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then the main, uh, Lori's granddaughter, her boyfriend's a big douche. Big time. Mm-hmm. So, like a huge, like <laughs> most of the guys in this movie are, but the boyfriend is not. Yeah. The one who no, gets killed, no. you kind of feel bad. And actually, let me, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted here, right? Because I see things that I know are fan service, and sometimes I see it and I wish it wasn't there. Okay. Like, it's not, it's not needed, right? That's how, that's how I feel. The, you know, the, the sheet, like the ghost costume sheet, uh, you know, it's so recognizable and it's like so in your face. Like, uh, you know, I don't really think it necessarily needs to be there. On the flip side of the coin, the boyfriend being pinned to the wall and you just see it. You don't yeah. see it happen like you do in the first one, which was awesome. But it was so awesome that it's something that you really don't want to recreate. Right. Because how are you ever going to do the they original did the justice? Thing. They did it here. You know, he's pinned to the wall. You can use your imagination as to how he got there because you've already seen it. Well, and you've already seen it <laughs> done well, and you've already seen it done poorly in the zombie one. Right. So it's the Mark Antony thing. It becomes like, like, do uh, we touch that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It becomes uh, the Waynes getting killed in a Batman movie. Like, yeah. oh my God, we're doing this again. Oh, you did it in a new way and it paid off good. Okay. Phew. Like, the ghost didn't bother me because I didn't. I didn't even feel like they were referencing the original, because it what he wasn't. Whoever it was wearing it was already dead. It was. Uh, it was Vicky. It was Vicky. Yeah. And she, it it to me, I didn't feel. I felt it was an homage without trying to copy. Like they weren't recreating a scene. They were just kind of. I don't know if it was fan service. I just think it's a it's something visual that you expect in a Halloween movie. The body posed. How how are you gonna? How many ways are you gonna do that? What put the pumpkin on her head? Like I guess they could have done that. <laughs> well, they but, do something uh, you know tangentially related to a pumpkin on the head later. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Oh God, yeah. Human jack o' lantern is always good. <laughs> oh, with yeah. a flashlight handle, so gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh the the journalists. The podcasters. Yeah, the, I mean, guys, we're calling yeah, them journalists, podcasters. and they are sort of in the way that They're we are. They're kind of like that. What do you call it? The what's the big craze right now? The uh, true crime people. Yeah, like okay. that, that's basically what they are. They're precursors to that. She was phenomenal. Like I thought she was great. Like yeah. great scream. Like fear. Yeah. Like I think she put. I don't know a validity to that. That character, like, yeah, you expect to, uh, but in Scream they talk about how, uh, uh, what the hell is her name? Oh my god, 
Sydney. Sydney talks about, oh, yeah, we're just going to run down the steps and get stuck at the door. And the boobs are going to fly out. Like she just she makes that stereotypical conversation about the, the final girl. Mm-hmm. And here's a journalist getting everything done to her that happens to the damsel. But yep. she's doing it. She's selling it. It's like a list to her. Like this is her Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> it's her performance. I haven't seen her in anything else, but I thought she was really good. Yeah, I thought both podcasters were good. It was a little much for me at the beginning to have two slightly different British accents and then whatever mm. Sartain's accent is supposed to be in an already yeah. kind of chaotic environment. It's just like, wow, it just felt like a hat on a hat. <laughs> it's, a like bit. Watching, <laughs> it's like watching an episode of Walking Dead and then going and watching Talking Dead where all the actors are talking about their parts and everybody's British. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was just like funny when... for a Halloween movie that takes place in the Midwest to start off with the first three speaking characters all having different kind of uh, right. non-native accents, and then a silent Michael Myers who only speaks in energy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I think it added to it. I liked it. What do you think of Lori? The introduction of Lori. I was kind of curious as to how you feel. Um, it was incredible. Exactly how I feel like Lori should be. Neurotic as shit, but a badass. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um it's it's Sarah Connor, Terminator One, and Ellen Ripley aliens she in was, one character. She was I mean, her character is is fantastic. Um I love her her mental state, you know. Yeah, she's broken. Um she's she has issues, but like you said, she's the, you, you know, the, the superhero kind of like, she's got this weight on her back and she's carrying it. Like it's, it's not crushing her. She's right. carrying it. It's immense, but she's carrying it. What I like about her is she's kind of a representation of a person who constantly gets like waved off. Like, oh God, there they go again, talking about this or there they go. Oh, there's another conspiracy theory. Or, oh, the, oh mm-hmm. there's this, there's that. But in the end, when the shit hits the fan and she was right, she doesn't run around and say, I was right. Uh, yeah. Like She yeah. just is like, all right, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've been preparing for. And this is what I've been ta- telling you about. Let's do this. Right. And I think that's well done because they could have gone the other way where she was, you know, just a, a bunch of combative back and forth, you know, viewpoints. But they didn't do that. They They started to do it a little bit. In the beginning, because yeah. her and her daughter have that relationship, mm-hmm. but it's expected because she kind of ruined her daughter's oh, life by oh raising my God. her that way. The daughter, Judy Greer, her yeah. her her moment. Do you know which moment I'm talking oh, about? Oh, the her moment. moment. Yeah, she has a couple moments, but the, the moment. bottom the of the moment. stairs, bottom of the bottom stairs. of the stairs. Oh yeah, when she can't do it, and then boom! Oh my God! Yeah, I was like. <laughs> that's so that's so good that's what she always trained for and that, she uh, do yes it. exactly and and she as much as she tried to run from it and act like it didn't mm-hmm. didn't exist and that her mom was crazy and well not, i just i don't no, say crazy thought, but she obsessed. thought her mom was crazy well i anyway when push came to sh- was. when push <laughs> came to shove and it you know shit hit the fan sh- she was perfect mm-hmm and I thought the daughter was good. Or the uh, the granddaughter was really good 
Laurie Strode for this movie. Like she was yes. strong. Yes. But in like not I don't want to say innocent, but she was more innocent than Vicky, obviously. Yeah. But she was a solid character. I mean, Laurie Strode in the first movie wasn't you know, wasn't trying to be innocent. No, she just, she just was, was. She just was. And that's kinda how I felt about you know, this Yeah. Allison. The, uh, yeah, Allison, the granddaughter. She wasn't Thanks for having IMDb open. Yeah, exactly. You're welcome. <laughs> she, she wasn't trying to be. We're staring at the logo right you now. Know. <laughs> Which, dude. Uh. <laughs> Logo's badass. Yeah. Logo is badass. But yeah, she was done really well. I mean, it, you compare her to, you know, the the Laurie from the zombie, and it's oh, just God. like. Apples and oranges. It's just, just yeah. like. T- Night and day. Yeah. <sighs> Everything that we talked about, li- Aaron, are you listening? Everything we talked about <laughs> last week about Zombie and how we chose that so we could do this movie is exactly why we did Zombie. Yeah. Because it's everything, this movie is everything we wanted. And more? Yeah. So, Zombie, at this point, Zombie, I thought was, when I watched it, I was like, it's it's okay. It's decent. Right. And. Now it's leveled down to like, you know, not total butt cheeks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's leveled down though. Well, Dan, what's the what's the quote from The Dark Knight? Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween was the hero we needed that day. Oh, it's yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. It's the hero. Yeah. It's the movie we deserved, but not the one we need right now, or something. Yeah, this is the movie we deserved. Yes. this this Halloween. But the zombie was basically what we were given, and we took it, and some of us hated it what? because it wasn't this. What is that exact quote? I don't know, but I love that quote. I want that, <laughs> I want that exact quote, Dan. Can you look that up? <laughs> Dan, look it's, it up. It's, he's not the, uh, he's not the not hero, hero we deserve, but he's the one we need hero. right now. Something like that. Done. Yeah. Put it on a t-shirt. That's, that's <laughs> But yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, at the time... At least it's not Buster Rhymes, but now you realize, right. like, oh, we've just been carrying so much baggage for thirty years. Like, yeah, just uh, okay. So, George, at the beginning of the movie, they're pretty clear. Stoner Dave brings it up, uh, and and she shoots down the fact that Myers is not her grandmother's brother. Brother, right? Oh, yeah. that's just something they said. You know, they acknowledge that it was said, but they remove from continuity any relationship between the two. Did that surprise you? Were you happy with that? You've been with this sister relationship for 30 years now. Yeah, and I've been confused by it the entire time. There you go. When it, when it doesn't work, remove it. <laughs> That's what they did. They yeah. basically removed all question. There is no baby in the house named Boo. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> did they remove all question, though? Because there's one no, spot they didn't. that really I thought was interesting and it's just it's in delivery it's probably not even in the script but it's when Sartain is he's talking about Laurie and Michael and his studies of them because he's like oh Laurie Strode you know ooh, and he says you know I've read the files I've read everything mm. and he like it's very pregnant the way he reads it like there's a there's something in there and it doesn't sound good but they don't tell you what he's talking about yeah. It's interesting. Like, are they going to pay that off at some point? Like, are they going to be like, ha just kidding. 
you know? Uh, Was it Zartan? What's his name? Sartain. Sartain. Zartan is from G.I. Joe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sartain. He seems like this movie's uh, man in black. Yeah, he's got some Dr. Wynn in him. There's a lot going on there that might get addressed, might not get addressed, but he's definitely setting up. I swear to God, if this ends in with Thorn, I'm gonna. <laughs> what if it does? Oh God! If somebody. they do that, holy. What crap. if they end up with Thorn and we all believe it? Or what if it ends up that it's like a Silver Shamrock <laughs> connection? Because you saw those guys, you saw those yeah, kids trick had... or treating in the Halloween yep. three masks, right? Those masks are in canon right so now. So who knows? Yeah. Like, ooh, I'm getting excited. The witch, the skeleton, and the pumpkin were trick or treating. So. Yeah. And you know, guys, I told you. Halloween 4 at one point had a 40-foot-tall Michael Myers. If we get a 40-foot-tall Michael Myers and Halloween ends, I will be the happiest person in the country. Everyone else will be mad. That's perfect. <laughs> That'll still be better than Halloween Kills. Still better but... than Halloween uh, 2 from Rob Zombie. <laughs> I liked Halloween Kills. Whatever. Fight me. Uh, <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> yeah, bad takes die tonight, dudes. Uh <laughs> Is it interesting to everybody else or just me that Laurie Strode in H2O is a completely separate Laurie Strode than this one, but they both feel genuine and natural? Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is a treasure. Yes. Oh, God. This goes without saying. Well, I think it's because she was so involved in the H2O version that a lot of that trickled into her being an executive producer of this movie and being involved in the creation of this Laurie. I think it, she shines through the character, no matter what movie it is, until the director basically says, oh, well, we want to go a different route, so we're going to have you die. So you're first. dead. Yeah, you're dead. Um, I think that's why it seems so genuine, because it's her. And this one, more than the H2O, because this one, she's like, she's one of the money people. She's one of the creatives. She's yeah, she's sitting down with Carpenter and rehashing whatever didn't work thirty years ago. So I think that's what makes this movie so good. They're getting they're getting their Michael Crichton Jurassic Park moment, where they're getting a second chance to make Westworld and make it a lot better. Oh yeah. Were there too many? Head nods. In this? Yeah. I don't remember any. Really? Like, I know they happen, but I don't, I never thought like, oh God, here we go again with that. I saw it at least twice. It's how they shoot it, man. If this were Mm -hmm. a Rob Zombie movie, he would have centered the camera up, zoomed in and laid there and made you watch it. And this one, it's just shot better. Well, he, uh, Green does the same thing that Zombie did with the mask. The whole cradle it and look at it before you yeah, put it on. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it was done way better. It was still kind of. Yeah, it was cropped. still uh, still a little bit too perfect, right, for my taste. But if you notice the difference between this and that, is this and that, this and zombie. Green, yeah, this and zombie is yeah. a, green is an obvious fan of the original, and zombie is probably a fan, but wanted to put his own stamp because. Sure. When Green has him put that mask on, he does the same pull at the neck, chin area mm-hmm. to stretch it the same way they did it in the original when he put his mask back on. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the school scene is almost frame by frame a recreation. Mm-hmm. Oh, the school mm-hmm. scene was it, so good. Where she's standing outside, like it was, it was so perfect. Dude, it was so J- Peter Jackson. It's like they're they're in the classroom. It's the granddaughter. They're studying literature, literature just and like fate. Whatever. They're talking about fate. Yep. And she's in the back <laughs> corner, right next to the window. It might be the same school. And I'm like, I'm like, she's gonna look out the window, but like, she's not gonna see Michael. Right, because he's not there yet. And she looks out the window and she sees her crazy grandmother, and I'm like. That's so good. Yeah. So much of that this is movie so good. is Lori yeah. is Loomis for a little while. And then yeah. for the last act of the movie, Lori is Michael. You know, yeah, she the is the predator now. It is yep. her chasing him through the darkened house. It is her emerging from the shadows. Like it's an interesting comment, I think, on how trauma affects multiple parties, you know, and they kind of hit it too too on the head. With the line from Sartain about that, about, you know, oh, I want to see how things change when you've been through a thing together, you know, as he's like, yeah, cycling them all toward this big finale. But, oh, man, her coming out of that shadowed, shadowed doorway, just like him. It's just like they did it. They got me to believe. Also, we got a good Myers sit up. Big fan of that. Yeah. (laughs) As soon as I saw it. Uh, that's oh. another. Th- it's see. I, I don't know, man. I I I see fan service, and I'm just kind of like, ah, but why? notice one of the they didn't frame it the same way. He did it, but if you weren't watching close, you would have been like, oh hey, he's back up again. You wouldn't have been like, oh yeah, yeah. They did the thing. Well, you they know. do it again with the um, the bus crash. That scene, that kid, that that little snip of that snippet of of uh like a a view in the life of that dad and son. Mm-hmm. was so good and just their conversation where mm-hmm. his dad just wants to drag him hunting and he's like but i want to go dancing like i should be dancing right now and he's like no just let's what go kind kill- of dancing do you think he did i don't know it was like break dancing no, i imagine it was, it was like some interpretive like dancing or something step up level uh yeah channing tatum movie <laughs> thing it could be like even even like uh yeah interpretive like i don't know i mean if but it's a halloween it's a- movie shouldn't it be irish dancing Maybe, but that's the when they roll up on the the people in their gowns, like mm-hmm. it is. It's fan service from the original. Yep, headlights hitting the gowns. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of aimlessly walking around the street. Mm-hmm. But it's it was like so almost like Walking Deadish. Yep, where I I wouldn't say I was scared, but I felt uncomfortable because they purposely hit you with the 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 woman smacking the glass. Mm-hmm. Just like it, it was very uneasy, and when that cop looks up and he's like, "I can help you," and he's like, "Run!" Like he's just like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like, yeah, one guy did all this, and uh, or maybe two, or maybe three. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely. I'm en- I enjoyed the fan service. Oh, so another thing, um, that scene, uh, the bus crash scene with the the little kid. That wants to dance. It uh, was the first time that we saw in this movie poor trigger discipline. Oh yeah, and he paid for <laughs> yeah. it, and yeah. and that continues through the entire movie. <laughs> when you see a firearm anywhere in this movie, there is a finger on the trigger, right? Already. 
everywhere. Yep. And not that I want to nitpick, but Laurie Strode picked the wrong firearm. It was tactical. <laughs> it was not. It was tactical. <laughs> it was not. That was the wrong firearm for what she was doing. 100%. Yeah. But I can forgive it, I guess. Does, does the dad and the kid parallel Lori and her daughter? I don't know. Because if you think about it, like, her, yeah, I her guess. daughter was like, oh, you raised me this way, and you made me crazy, even though she was preparing her for the situation. This kid wants to be dancing. His dad takes him hunting all the time. And in the end, he's got to draw the gun and and become a hunter. Yeah, but he wasn't prepared for this. But he was not prepared. Mm-mm. Because he didn't take it seriously. Well, and because he's a goddamn kid. Uh, maybe <laughs> in his 30s he would have been ready. I did like how Lori is essentially like a football dad, you know? Yeah. In the, like, you don't have to love me, but I'm going to get you ready to be tough, right? Like, right. Yeah. That's interesting. Especially given, I know, uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis's politics are pretty liberal. And I know there was some backlash when this movie was coming out. Like, oh, you... You're liberal and you don't like, you know, personal gun ownership in real life. But in this movie, you play a woman with a lot of guns. And it's like, well, acting. it's a fictional piece of movie. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, she does does present herself not as necessarily well adjusted. You know, it's not like she. No, yeah. It's not like she came out of this and is like, my name's Jamie Lee Curtis and I support exactly what Laurie Strode did. Like. Yeah, but honestly, the the purpose of her doing that is on the mind of most gun owners. Like, they're not crazy, you know, I'm going to hunt my... This guy's tried to kill me when I was 17, and I have to have guns and be prepared and be a prepper. Like, most people are like, I need... I want to have these guns. I'm allowed to have these guns, and it's for the situation just like this. Home invasion... You know, someone uh, threatening my family, whatever. So most of the people, most, um, some people are crazy, but <laughs> most of the people that are gun owners believe the subtle version of what Lori b- believes. Yes. She, preparedness <laughs> yes, for I, any situation. I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to venture in, into politics too much. Right. But, um, like, and, you know, and gun ownership and this or that. Um, but, you know. How do you feel about fire trap ownership? Because I'm pretty sure that's murder. <laughs> oh, so fire trap ownership. Um, when it comes to pure evil, I think, I think that's we're all right. Premeditated <laughs> yeah, murder. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to t- reach out to my friends in the illegal world, but I- I'm pretty sure if even if it's you were threatened, that's a hundred percent premeditated. That's premeditated murder. murder. Yes. Like, but uh, it's premeditated murder with mitigating circumstances justified premeditated well, i don't know about justified <laughs> well yeah it's justified it's it's self-defense but anyway um yeah there's mitigating circumstances right. there it's you know uh, i think i mean in texas they'd look the other way yeah that's, that's all true. i'm saying that's true this isn't haddonfield texas though this is illinois yeah. so i imagine it would be a lot so a she lot might more. be and they and they say if it was florida she would have a stand your ground that's true but they they say you know even you know responsible gun owners but when you, she didn't when you lure pull him the, there. When you pull the trigger, before you pull the trigger, you have to be prepared to go to jail for the rest yes. of your life. Yes. Right, because, like, whatever you're, when, when you're using that gun, it has to be important enough for you to go to jail right. for the rest of your life for. You might not, 
but that's the way you need to think. How do they tell you to feel when you have someone trapped in your basement and you're about to light them on fire? Uh, Listen, this is a special circumstance. Yeah, this I, is like I, mean, I. This is like when when a when a girl kills her her trafficker. Like I'm like okay, okay, I'm good with it. Uh, yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> One less trafficker in the world. Yeah, you know. Um, but hey, I didn't do it. It's a it's a special it. situation. Yeah. I think this is why we have judges. You know, this is why we have juries. Because not every situation is cookie cutter. And I think that Laurie Strode is probably justified. Definitely. Uh, given the circumstances, given the uh, what's the uh, the the phrase? Extenuating Michael circumstances. No, no, Michael no. Michael killed the... that woman with a hammer. Left that baby motherless. <laughs> killed that other woman who was just looking out the window. Yes, but killed that was that kid. That was uh, in the heat of passion. No, I'm just kidding. Killed the kid with a fence post. <laughs> Like I think he deserves a burn. The totality of the circumstances yeah. is the phrase I was looking for. Okay. So, anyways, he's not innocent. Let's put it that way. So, in the script, when Sartain gets his head stomped, it says that his brains shit out of his head. Shit. Yeah, and I would <laughs> say that. Yeah, they they nailed it. That effect nailed nailed that line. Yeah, I don't know. If that's a good way to describe. Do we that. do we need such a gory Myers? I mean, I hate to be that guy because you know I love my Jason movies gory, but Halloween so goreless and so perfect, and then all of a sudden you go from Halloween one to this one where he's dropping teeth out of a guy's face and pinning a guy all twisty turny up on the wall. Like, does For he need to be audience, that gory? Uh, I think to grab you. No, I would say no. It does not need to be. It doesn't need to be, but I think. I think it was done tastefully. I'm okay with it. Yeah. But it does not need to be. It wasn't gratuitous. I like, mean, he made a man's head into a jack-o'-lantern. I know, but it was off screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the it, it was after the fact. Yeah, you only saw the uh It wasn't like it was hostile. Like <laughs> it was hostile at some point. Well, it was hostile. But I mean like the what was it we talked about with uh Saul and Hostile where it's like Oh, hostile, uh, not hostile. Okay, not yeah, hostile. it was pretty hostile, hostile, hostile like in but your it face. wasn't very hostile. Right, it You're was right. hostile, but not hostile. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and I don't mind. In the end, it's fine. It's just funny to me see, to see how far we went in a basically a one-to-one movie transition, and nobody really like seemed to notice or care hmm. that it got way gorier. I, lo- I love the fact that um, it does have nothing to do with gore, but... When we talked about part six and we how they totally changed the Myers house and totally did not care about the old movies at all. This movie recreates like even Judith Myers tombstone is an exact recreation mm. of the original. Like yeah. they were just like, We're gonna do everything we were supposed to do over the past twenty years. That that's like detail that I, I'm a fan of. That is fan service that I like. Did you like the uh the dollhouse. The dollhouse was tight. Yeah. Yeah, it's tight. Yeah. When it starts burning, out. you're just like, oh, even the dollhouse burned. <laughs> yeah, so when <clears throat> when she set tonight. the entire house on fire, um, <laughs> I actually had a thought earlier, earlier in the movie, like twice, where if you have a bunker underneath your kitchen, mm-hmm. first of all, sliding you know pivoting island leading to a staircase uh, awesome yes i want that in my house 
Safe room, definitely. Mine will have a concrete ceiling. Right. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, why isn't this a concrete box? That house should be built on top of a fallout shelter. Would a right. concrete box just treat you like an oven, though? I don't know. What is the well, heat deflecting properties of concrete? Well, here's the thing. I didn't know it was going to be used as a furnace. Right. Uh, At the time I was thinking this. When you first are introduced to this space, I'm thinking this all needs down. to be concrete. Right. And it's not. Um, and then... Again, I had the same thought when they're looking at the ceiling. They're in the bu- underground bunker. They're looking at the ceiling. They're watching and listening for Myers to walking above them with the floorboards. Yeah. Good effect, and she but takes, not... And she takes a shotgun shell through the floor. I was like... Uh, I think she used a right... Again, I think that was the repeater at that point. I think she'd switched guns. Okay, <laughs> fine. Uh, again, I was like... Uh, concrete ceiling right. you know I'm like I, you know if you're gonna have that bunker just but then they paid it off I did not see it coming that that bunker is not for protection it's for Trapping. entrapment yeah I it was very good it was very good just get them down and there the fact that, the- yeah and the fact that there's a you know you don't have to you know slide the you know, the island back over the hole. It's got a quick lever, boom, bars. Cage, yep. It's like, whoa. I also thought that, like, the entire house was kind of, I don't I don't know what to compare it to. Like, all the contraptions that she had in there for, you know, for safety and, you know, for when she was sweeping the house, she would close off, she would clear a room and close it off. Right. Clear a room and close it off. That was cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's, that's Super straight cool. out of hell, Aliens, too, as well. Yeah. Mo, lock it up. <laughs> yeah, and if she was using the correct firearm when she was in the room with the mannequins... Uh, what would you want her to use? Uh, Something with a shorter barrel. Oh, you, you're worried about... Uh, so... But the thing is, like, out of her her armament, right, she had, like, some long rifles, she had a repeater... She had a shotgun and a couple of pistols. Guns, guns, guns. She didn't exactly have like an MP5K sitting there. I mean, well, MP5, it'd be cool if she yeah, did. MP5 is hard to come by. An AR-15 would have been good. Not in Chicago. Might overpenetrate. I don't know. Um, not a lot of stopping power in the NATO round, from what I'm told. I don't know. Um, even even a shotgun that was sawed off mm. illegally know. modified yes this is laurie strode you're laurie strode yes interesting and they make they make shotguns that with you know snub barrels why not fine. just an uzi nine millimeter <laughs> because nine millimeter doesn't have stopping power like uh dan said worked in terminator <laughs> <laughs> well i mean come on let's <laughs> be more realistic here travis I like Uzi nine millimeter. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only gun I remember him naming. (laughs) Yeah, but it never worked against him. If you'll notice, isn't well, he's a freaking robot. But it did all right to everybody else. (laughs) Took care of an entire police station. The thing about Uzi is it just keeps shooting. That's that's the thing about, and that's all he needed it for was to take out an entire police station. Yeah, (laughs) I think he took on five shots the whole time he was walking with that gun. Yeah, I think. That oh, was... and I I liked her. I liked uh, Laurie's theory 
about uh, liking revolvers. Mm. I knew when she said that, I knew I was like, ooh, George is going to smile at that line. Because that is the reason you have a revolver. Yeah. Uh, over, oh, you know, over some other tactical hand handgun. Yeah, I heard or, that line and I thought, oh, that George is going to comment on that. It's like, they don't jam. I'm like, that is true. That's true. That's you don't you don't have a whole hell of a lot of you know they only shoot six but they always shoot six nothing gets jammed nothing no moving parts it's fantastic I'm having a uh, an epiphany and a brain fart at the same time Ooh. which is pretty dangerous yeah uh, I think an epiphany fart an epiphany fart <laughs> the our Zartane character Sartane Sartane Zartane Zartan uh did they do his full Full story? No. No. Because you, the the head stomp happens in this movie, right? Yeah, he got his brain shit out. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because I I just remembered more about him, and I wasn't sure if it was like a director's cut I watched or if it was, uh, something they flash back on later. So put a pin in so, that. I guess I'll put a pin in that then. Yes, beauteous. Very good. <laughs> when the two cops are I, sitting there talking about the bon me sandwich. And yeah, I I really was like, oh, so that's what Travis hears when I try to make him watch a Jallo. <laughs> like, but no, this one's the kind you'll like. I promise. It's peanut butter and jelly, <laughs> but it's Jallo. And Travis is like, I got brownies. I got Lost Boys brownies over here. <laughs> hey, Lost Boys is good. That's what I'm see. <laughs> that's why it's in my notes. Lost Boys brownie. Lost Boys is a movie that a child would watch if you let them just watch any movie. No. That would be Peter Pan. Hmm. Uh, which kind of has a parallel. Uh, well, we'll talk about that one. Yeah. Watch that movie. <laughs> if we watch it. If Dan, Peter, if Dan allows Peter it. Peter Pan is. Peter Pan is the shit. I've had a couple of requests for Lost Boys come through recently. So. Uh, you know, maybe next spring, if things were to break out again, we might need to is, revisit. Is Lost Boys a Peter Pan movie? No. Okay. <laughs> because, well, you said Peter Pan, and you're like, you know, and like, you know, the Lost Boys are it part kinda, of it. kind of, when we watch it, you'll see it has kind of a has Neverland feel. Okay. In a way, but in almost a, uh unexpected way. Okay. Am I right in that, saying that, Dan? I've never or seen it. Never s- <gasps> okay. <gasps> I know, right? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh behave. <laughs> I can't believe that. that I know. Oh, my head's right? going to explode. I know. I was uh I was <laughs> talking to somebody about the podcast uh recently and we were talking movies. Yeah. Right? Cuz you can do that now. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> and yeah, actually we were talking movies and then I told him about the podcast and then he's like if you have a podcast about movies, why don't you know more about movies? And I was like, well, that's that's, <laughs> that's the, the kind premise. of the point. Yeah. Like, I didn't tell him about the podcast. I was just like, you know, I was like, oh, I can't do this on Thursday night because, you know, we record. <laughs> we, I have a podcast we record on Thursdays. I got to watch yeah. a movie and record. It's about movies. And it's like, you, you have Six a movie. Six-minute abs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you have a podcast about movies? Shouldn't you know more about movies? Like, no, no, not me. Uh Dan and Travis, they know plenty. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the point. He was a. Uh, I'm actually. It sounds like Jerry explaining the Seinfeld show with George when they talk about it's a show about nothing. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's actually um this gentleman I was talking to. Um he's redoing his basement. I'm doing the electrical for him. Oh. Um friend of mine. He should put a studio in and then we'll show up. Uh he is putting a theater in. And that's what got us to talking movies. And he told me what movie he's going to like show first in his theater. Ooh, oh, what is it? What is it? And uh, it's not good. Oh, I can't wait. Um, <laughs> no, Hi. I don't, I don't want to say it's not good because I've never seen it. It's probably good. But he was like, he's the like, first movie I'm going to watch in here is Top Gun Maverick. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I, I haven't seen it. Is he putting in an IMAX? And he says, <laughs> uh, he's like, well, he's like, what would you do? Like, if it was if this was yours, like, what would be the first movie you watched? And I was like, oh, Halloween. And he's like, I mean, it's not going to be done by Halloween. And I'm like, I don't care if it's December 24th. You watch that shit on. I'm Christmas. watching Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> watching that shit on Christmas. <laughs> he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, really. <laughs> I, I watch Halloween on every holiday, even like Yom Kippur. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah, if my theater is ever done, uh, first movie I'm going to be showing because you all wanted to know. Tenebrae 4K. <laughs> I I bought it months ago and I've been holding on to it. I refuse to watch it until nice. I have the the big screen. I might watch the Tick series in my theater. The cartoon one or the no, Amazon the, one? Oh, the the Patrick Warburton one. Oh, nice. So good. Alien would be a good pick. Alien's too. a good one. Yeah. yeah. They need to release Aliens on 4K so I can double those up. They need to release that in the theater so I can go see it in the theater because I was too young when it came out. Nice. That's a movie I want to see in the theater. That and right before COVID, or actually when COVID hap- was happening, the beginnings of COVID, I had tickets to go see King Kong in the theater with my dad. It was going to be an event. And then we couldn't go because, you know, he's over 70. Mm. And we were all scared to leave our house yeah but uh and then i don't know if they're ever going to do it again i think it was like a 75th or an 80th anniversary i hope they do it because i want to i, I want to share that and you know running out of years yeah and i wanted to go with the boys too so i want it to be like a, a whole thing yeah so hopefully they do that at some point maybe that'll be my movie theater or a home theater movie the original hall uh king kong Surprise. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> Supplies. <laughs> Supplies, motherfucker. So did oh, you catch God. the motherfuck moment in this? The definite <laughs> Rob Zombie reference? I didn't. Okay, so at the beginning. When did that happen? It's an awful line that if it was, if this was the second Halloween movie ever made, I this would be my least favorite line in the movie. Where the, the dad is making the mousetrap. Covered in peanut mm. butter. He drops it. <laughs> yes. He goes, mother, f- I got peanut butter on my penis. Penis. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it's a gross, stupid line. Like, it's just, it's kind of yeah. a crap line. Except when you realize they're referencing Rob Zombie in the bagel scene. And now it's right. just a guy, like, using the the medical term for where he got the peanut butter. Like, it's still stupid. It's still a good insight into how, like, how much of a chucklehead the dad is but uh, yeah i mean it's it says a lot about where we're going versus where zombie would have gone yeah i was also curious about his relationship with lori because he seems very comfortable in shitting on her in public <laughs> like yeah he's not her father or her son or her brother 
Like he's just the in-law. Right. And when they're at the table and she's just rambling, she just watched Myers like leave. And he's like, all right, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. Shut your mouth. There's yeah. a there's a line in uh, the movie, Thank You for Smoking. Okay. The parents are divorced and the little boy says to his mother's boyfriend, you're not my dad. You're just the guy fucking my mom. Oh, nice. Right? Okay. And so if I were Laurie Strode, I would be like, <laughs> you are not my son. You are just the guy fucking my daughter. I could see her saying that. You know what too, I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that didn't happen. No. But that's how I felt. It was deserved. Like, Dude. Yeah. Back off. Yeah. He, he almost, <laughs> he was talking to her as if she was his mother. Right. And he was embarrassed by her. Right. Because, and he can talk to her that way, even though I would never. But it just seemed odd that he was the son-in-law and had, was that comfortable to talk to her in front of the of of the boyfriend, like it was yep. just like, it was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was a very weird situation. And actually, in the the scene where he talks about getting peanut butter on his penis, uh, he then goes on to uh, describe the the boyfriend. Oh, because he's Lonnie's son. Yeah, in a way that when you actually meet the boyfriend, it's like, he's nothing like that. But right. do you remember Lonnie yeah. from Halloween 1? Uh, I'm not going to do the impression, but I'm sure Travis can just... Hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. Yeah, it's the bully kid who goes and knocks on the Myers house while uh, Donald Pleasance is, for some reason, standing in the bushes outside the Myers house waiting for Michael to come home. I think he was the kid that trips Tom, Tommy yeah. when he's, he's carrying he's a He's the bully. Too. He's the, the movie bully. Uh, okay. So you're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, that Boogie. guy sucked. His son probably Boogie sucks, man. too. And Boogie then you meet him, man. and you're like, this guy doesn't suck that bad. And then you're like, oh, on second thought, no. his son. He is a bit of a douche. No, he, he does douche. He does suck, but just not in the way that his dad, that the dad described. They made them likable. They just made them youthful assholes. Like, they're just like, they're, they're likable, but they're douchey. <laughs> it's hard to explain. It's not like the old 80s where the the you knew the douches you knew the you know you knew the danielsons and you knew the johnny lawrences like you, they just they 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 totally put them almost like stereotypically this is the bully we're going to do everything wrong with this guy so you know this boyfriend they kind of did it in a subtle way he's a kind of a cheater selfish like i don't know they trying to gaslight his girlfriend yeah it wasn't like yeah. he was like a bully and he he was kind of I don't want to say emo, but he was kind of like a... Well, he was a little abusive. Uh, yeah. But it becomes a good device to get that phone into the punch, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Without being too, like... Was that punch? It looked like mayonnaise. Or like... Uh, pudding. It was pudding, <laughs> jello or something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it was jello. Big bowl of no thanks. Uh, yeah. Hey, so the boyfriend's friend, uh, the kind of like charming, but obviously the dorkiest, kid in the movie the jack black when he uh, oh i was thinking uh the dude from the kid from super bad yeah i was thinking super bad yeah uh yeah oh uh jonah hill jonah, jonah hill. hill yeah he's yeah. got a jonah hill thing going on Very uh, jonah hill. that guy gets killed in a horrible gruesome way wonderful mm -hmm. but then yep. but funny this is a funny scene when the, he's like talking to him like i'll get out of your yard yeah, i'm sorry it's great it's <laughs> yeah. just and it's pure yeah. it's the halloween where michael is you know 
in there with you, but you don't know it's him. It, it fits with a lot of what yeah. they've done in the franchise. But then the score is going and it's getting more intense Yo, and it's piano score. again. And then that guitar oh. hits with that yeah. sound. Oh my God. Like that's, that's so done by his good. son. The carpenter's son uh, composed that. So good, man. Like yeah, it's just, it, it brings you right up like, till now, but it still feels like it fits like, Oh man. Yeah. Awesome. And that sounds good when you just listen to it. Like you don't want to be watching the movie. Just listening to that that score, ugh, so good, so good. <laughs> now you got me saying it. <sighs> so good. I yeah, like this much. movie a lot, guys. I don't know if it's a sequel as much as it is like a reboot. Cool, like it reminds me of that Star Wars they did, uh, mm-hmm. episode seven, seven, where it's like yeah. kind of the first movie again, but then still sort of new. Yeah, they're like, we'll, we'll give you some fan service, but we're gonna. We're going to um, introduce a shit ton of characters that are going to take us into the next. And they do a good yeah, job this... of homaging other sequels that are now no longer mm-hmm. in canon. Yeah. Or are they? We'll have to or wait and they? find out what everything means. Yeah, if Cochran pops up in this. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this is all a silver shamrock experiment. Do, 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 do. 40 foot Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious. I'm hoping they don't. Uh, I can't, we'll talk about it. But oh god, this is the they first time we've ever talked about a new movie before it came out in this yeah. kind of anticipatory way. Because the Batman we talked about when it came out, but we didn't spend months pining after what it could and couldn't be. Well, it worked out because it was so much like a a, a seven. Uh, well, we I, had just done. We might have done so that on like, purpose. Oh, did we? Oh, no. I I knew going in. Well, that's why we did the. Whole, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's good. Sometimes we I do things trying, right. I was trying to be uh, not let people behind the curtain, but okay. Yeah. No, we knew it was coming. <laughs> just wow. like with yeah, this, we where we timed it exactly right to where we'll have our episode on Halloween ends launch the Wednesday after it comes out. There's a couple douches on Facebook that are really trying to spoil it for me. It's driving me insane. That suggested mm. for you feature on Facebook needs to go away. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. It's like popping up it's in your pages feed. That, yeah, it's pages that you don't belong to. And it pops up as suggested for you because it's associated with stuff that you do belong to. Uh-huh. And then they're like putting thumbnails on discussions and stuff that they're doing. And the thumbnails are like revealing shit. And I'm just like, the movie hasn't even come out yet. What? Isn't there like a statute of limitations there where you can probably report it to Facebook and at least get it out of your algorithm? Well, I I I click the unfollow or the uh, don't show me anymore. Gotcha. But it's like it it's just annoying. It happens with Marvel stuff too. Like they'll they'll be like, oh, what does this mean? And then they'll like show you a screenshot of the big reveal that you didn't know until the post credits. And it's like at least tease me, and I'll scroll down if I want to see it. Yeah, I mean don't that's yeah, that's the that's the respectable thing to do. Yeah. But we'll see. Maybe maybe they weren't spoilers. Maybe they don't know what they're talking about. But I know they had screenings already. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Makes me want to watch that scene again. Yeah, no, it's a good it's a hell of a scene. And the cool lighting and stuff from those motion yeah. sensors and stuff. Oh man. And that's an homage to the Lori running from house to house, knocking on doors uh-huh. and like, oh, that was so uh-huh. good too. Yeah. But she finds help. Oh, that was like so they, good. They, they paid that off. 
Yeah, when Allison finds her friend uh, hanging on the fence Mm -hmm. and then sees Michael on the other side of the fence and she just starts screaming and running and banging on doors, I was like, oh my God, this is so Mm -hmm. good. It it was as good as the... That's an homage, I guess, to the original that it really hit perfect. It hit just right. Yeah, because you have that cool new music playing. Yeah. But they're giving you the old feel, and you got your old Michael Myers back. He's not, you know, Jason. He's, Mm -hmm. like you said, playing in the shadows right in front of you. Like, to me, it's And the idea of doing, like, the motion sensor lights, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's perfect for Michael Myers. Yeah, because he doesn't move. How am I setting off these motion sensors? I'm not moving. See, that's the thing. Like, the motion sensors, they turn on when they see motion. And Michael Myers is moving in the dark. Right. And they're not going off. He needs like, to have turning those, on. Uh, the Batman moments, like, with the muzzle flashes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that happens in the third one. Nah, I don't, I don't think I need that. Oh, Although yeah. I do need to watch that muzzle flash hallway scene again from yeah. the Batman. Yeah, that's going to look cool in good. 4K in the big screen. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. <laughs> you guys are invited anytime you can make the drive. Oh, we know. I'm going to show up with a suitcase full of movies. Okay. No, I don't want your giant box of porn, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to watch that movie with my son, and Jen, we were 10 minutes in, and Jen's like, turn it off. <laughs> I'm like, w- weren't you asleep? <laughs> 40-year-old virgin. So good. Uh, okay. I'm like, what? I'm like, there, what it's it's just from? so vulgar. But it's it is uncomfortable to sit and watch with your son. But then you got to keep telling yourself, he's sixteen. He's going to hear worse than this in school. But like the first scene with Seth Rogen, he's talking about a woman effing a horse. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm it's, like, this is uncomfortable. Like I was getting like bad. cold sweats. I'm like Seth Rogen talking about, yeah, we're watching a movie. This woman just fucking a horse. Uh, yeah, I kind of felt bad for the horse. <laughs> 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 in the Seth Rogen way. Like, I was just like, yeah, this is not good. But we'll get through it. We'll watch it. You haven't seen it. Have you seen it? You've seen it, right? 40-Year-Old Virgin? Yeah. I saw it a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a part in that movie that's not uncomfortable. With your son. Like, sitting yeah, with your kid. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'd have to... I don't remember a whole lot from it. I kind of feel like I would be okay, but maybe not. I mean, Ant-Man puts a camera up his ass. <laughs> his own ass. <laughs> hey, that's Tommy Doyle to you, man. Yeah, that's, that's true. Like, um, like horrible bosses. Yeah, it's that like, same kind of humor. Yeah. But way it's, better. It, you know, it's, it's like Wedding Crashers. It's I like, mean, it's almost like watching It's Always Sunny. Yeah. You know? But way more vulgar. Sure. Because it's a movie and not a television show. You know, it's but when they're all trying to outgross and out out vulgar each other, that's when it gets like most of it's improv. Yeah. So it's like Seth Rogen will be like, oh, I saw a woman fucking horse, and then the other guy's like, Well, I gotta one up that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes <Yeah>. and Yes and <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. So next week, George, you're watching Halloween Kills. You already knew that. Are you excited? Yeah, you know, I'm, play around I'm, in this world a little more. What I'm excited for is for Travis now having seen 2018 and then Kills and then 2018 again to go into Kills thinking he hates it. And this time next week, he's going to be like, I was so wrong. Halloween Kills is amazing. What was I thinking? He's shaking his head. 
<laughs> well, he hasn't done it well, yet. Well, I, dude, I'm excited. Just for the debate. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see what all this is about because Dan loves yeah, it. I could be Travis wrong. Travis is like meh about some things. And we've and been waiting to talk about this for a calendar for, year. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I remember when this came out. We started bickering back and forth, and George is like, I have no idea what you're talking you, about. You get, it's been, you know, it's like when your parents are fighting, but you don't know what they're fighting about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that for an entire year. Yeah, like they fight in code, and you're like, you're like, well, what? Is, I think, I think that cheated. No, maybe not. Maybe he's just got a drinking problem. I'm not really sure what's going on over there. <laughs> but my no mom's mad. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's dad's right. fault. And whatever it is, evil dies tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to make debate great again. (laughs) Yes.